said last week that we were finishing up a series last week, and we're not. We're finishing up this week, so I lied to you. Uh, this is the uh, Heart of God series. I do want to give you a little tip, those of you, um, uh, those of you that are that are, you know, when we're when we're, whenever you're singing, whenever you're in a, a praise and worship time at a church service, and you're and you're looking up on stage, I want to I want to let you know. Uh, when uh, the band is feeling it, all right? And I want you to know this. It's important. I, I used to, I played a little bit, played a little bit of guitar, you know? How do you think I got Lindsay? Well, she's gone now. Okay. So, uh, do you want to, uh, you just look for the, you just look for this, you look for this face, all right? Here it is. So, when they're, when they're rocking out, because I saw it, you know, they're, they're, they're jamming out for Jesus, okay? And when you see this face and you see kind of the scowl, that's not a scowl of it's bad. Wait for it. It's, it's a, it's a scowl of, Oh, oh, yeah. And then they look over. It's usually over to the drummer. All right? Just saying. Look over to the drummer. And then they do this. All right? I saw that. I just want you, to know, you guys to know I saw that. And I, I appreciate, JT, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate your team. Uh, you are, um, you're such a, a gift from God to this church, to me, um, to this team. And uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate your, uh, your crew, um, your baby girl. Gracie, who sings like an angel, um, every week we've got a we've got a a, a team up here um, uh, that are that are leading us into God's presence, and so I want to thank you for that. A couple announcements: next week we have next steps. Next steps is the on ramp to all things Four Corners Church, and so it's only two weeks long. It's immediately following uh, the service. It's forty five minutes um, each Sunday, the first two Sundays. And uh, there's, there's a, a, a step one and step two, so you can finish it in two weeks. It'll, uh, it's an introduction, really, to everything about Four Corners Church, um, what makes us a, uh, the unique expression of this part of the body of Christ here in Huntsville. And so there's a lot of churches uh, in Huntsville. There's a lot of parts of the body of Christ that make up the whole body of Christ. And so ours, uh, where God has planted us here, there's a unique expression there. And so if you are interested in knowing more as well as finding out your place here at Four Corners, that's next week. It's immediately following the service, uh, includes uh, lunch as well as childcare if you need it. Um, the uh, also want to mention baptism. Our very first um, uh, Four Corners baptism is in three weeks. So uh, we have a few sign-ups already. When I say sign-ups, I use that term loosely. We'll have a, a sign-up form uh, online. We don't have it right now. So we, we do have several that have said, that have already said, hey, when we do baptism, I'd like to be baptized. And so if that's you, I want to go ahead and put that uh, in your mind now. I'm going to plant that seed. So if you're looking at being baptized, we'll have it here. It'll be uh, probably, it'll be right after service, and we'll bring in a uh, baptism tank and we'll, and we'll go for it. But I'll, what I'll do is if you'll, tank, tub, I, I don't know what the word is. You get baptized in it, all right? What we'll do is uh, we'll have a form, and then you can uh, uh, fill out the form, and we'll call you and talk to you and, and fill you in on all the details. But I want to let you guys know, first ever, it's going to be super fun, March 15th, uh, 15th, 15th, 15th. All right. This is our last week for our Heart of God series. The first week we talked about that God's heart for you and for me is to make sure that you and I know that we are always, always, always invited to his table. Doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter what you've done, there is space and room and an invitation for you at 
his table. You can, you could be, God, God wants you a part of his family. He wants you a part of, a part of his family. You come as you are. And like a good, loving, perfect father, he loves us, but he doesn't leave us how we are. He doesn't leave us there. He pulls us along and he changes us along the way. And what we do is we sit down at his table and we say, thank you, God, for inviting me to your table. And then we're in relationship with him. The invitation from God uh, is his heart for us. Then we talked about our value, God's value. You, you have inherent, unimaginable, incredible value. Many of us sit in this room and we go, I, you, you, you say that I have value. I don't, I, I don't always feel that. Well, let me tell you this. God feels that about you. You carry his image, and so there's value there. Last week we talked about being salt and light, salt and light, that you have purpose. You can make a difference where you are, just who you are, where you are. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And then this week we are going to talk about God's heart for you is that you live a life of abundance, life overflowing, life on top of life, all right? Passage of Scripture this morning is John chapter 10. This is Jesus speaking. We have several passages that we're going to work through um, this morning, John chapter 10. And if you guys will excuse me, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was wearing this jacket till I just started to get set on fire up here. So, all right. I grew up in a church where... Um, I grew up going to a church where if the pastor took off his jacket, it was on. I just want y'all to know that. It was on. So now it's on, whatever that means for me. Y'all are about to find out. All right, John chapter 10. Jesus is speaking and he says, this is why I'm here. This is why I came. This is my purpose. When Jesus boils it down to one, one sentence, we want to pay attention. The thief comes, talking about Satan, the enemy, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come, Jesus, that they may have life and have it to the full. There's another translation that says it this way. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. Sounds brutal, doesn't it? That's, that's the enemy of mine and your soul. But I, Jesus, have come to give you everything in abundance. Say abundance. More than you expect life in its fullness until you overflow. That's a, it's a, it's a neat picture there. Until your life is overflowing. If we're not careful, we'll think, if we, if we grew up watching too much, too many TV preachers, we'll think that that means life overflowing with lots of stuff. And that's not what brings you and me life. If, 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 you've, if you've acquired a lot of things in life, then you would be able to stand up here with me and say, I can promise you, those things don't bring life. So what is, what is God talking about here? What is Jesus talking about? I, the picture here in my mind is, you ever gone to the movie theater and you go to get, um, maybe you get some popcorn, all right, and you go and you're, and you're about to order popcorn and a drink and you look across the counter and you see the popcorn being made, right? All right, and it's, what is it? It's, it's popping, and it's got this, it's this massive popcorn machine, and the little lid's just doing this, right? And there's popcorn, it's just overflowing. You're like, oh, I just, it's so good. I just, I want, some, you know, you're staring at the popcorn, I want some of that. You know, you got to get, get a Coke with it. You can't get popcorn and get a water, all right? Don't tell me you go to the movies and get popcorn and a water, all right? Nobody does that. If you do it, don't tell me that, okay? You got you to have, have some kind of soda with it. God's heart for you is that, is that your life 
is overflowing in abundance with life. Like that popcorn machine overflowing with popcorn. It starts out these little seeds, these little kernels, and all of a sudden it is overflowing. Now you think about your life and you go, man, you're, you're, you're talking about life on top of life, overflowing with life. There's a lot of life words in there, and I don't know that mine looks like that. All right, we're going we're gonna to talk about what Jesus asks of us so that we can... Um, so that we can experience abundant life. But we need to know why Jesus came. Because if we're not careful, we'll think that Jesus came, dependent on our, uh, how we grew up. You know, some of us in here, we, we, didn't, we didn't grow up going to church. But we heard a lot about church. And the reputation was, if you go, you have to stop a lot of things. All right? And that was the context. And it was pretty short-sighted. And you meant, that doesn't sound like life to me. You're like, that doesn't sound like fun life. I'm, I'm out on that life. That's, I'm, I don't want to do that. And maybe we grew up and we went to church all the time and you thought, and all you heard was all the things that you have to stop. Pretty short-sighted. But our, the purpose that Jesus, uh, uh, for which he came was to give life. That's what the passage says. So whenever you're in life and you're walking through life and you go, man, I, am, I, I just I feel like I'm being suffocated right now in, in my life. You need to know that God's will and his plan for you is for you to have life in abundance. But the definition of what that abundance means is very, very important. Jesus spends his life showing us what that looks like. So how does this work? Matthew chapter 16, again, Jesus says, remember we're in our Heart of, uh, Heart of God series, what is God's heart for you and me? Forever, who, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? In other words, whoever wants to save or hoard or store up in this life, they will lose it. But whoever chooses to pour out their life will find abundant life on top of life. So, the idea there is there's a trade-off for what you give versus what God gives is all throughout Scripture. There's a trade-off that we pour out what we have to God, and he gives more back to us, more than we ever had to begin with. So if we pour out or trade off, invest our life in Jesus, we will find more life than we ever dreamed. So maybe you say, I don't, I don't. I don't, I don't really invest my life in, in Jesus. I haven't really invested my life in the church. But I do want you to know before we move forward that you do invest in something. Everybody invests in something. We invest our life into something. Maybe, maybe it's, um, whether it's, it's season tickets to a game, all right? You, you, you've invested in season tickets. It doesn't matter whether it's 102 degrees or negative 2 degrees. You're painting your face and you're screaming your head off at the team. You know, you're, you're there. You're going, you're, you're going to do it. Maybe, uh, anybody remember, um, maybe your first car. Anybody have a first car that was like the epitome of clunker car? Like it was, you, you remember it and you're like, hey, I think all people should have that. If you didn't have that, if you got a new car. I had a friend in high school who got a new car. He turned 16. I hated him in my heart. Don't tell me if you got a new car. But I had a, a, a guy that I'd met, a friend that I met in college, and we were going to go to the movies, and he was a brand-new friend, all right? I'm all, I'm all about brand-new friends, all right? His name was Philip. So, Philip, we're going to go to 
uh, we're going to go to the movies, all right? And so we uh, leave the dorm, and we go to get in his car, and I open up the, I open up the car door, and it's a, it, you guys know what a Toyota, um, uh, I think it's called like a Town Ace. You know what that is? You know what the Volkswagen, um, Volkswagen vans are with the flat front and the, and the flat, oh, you guys know what that is? All right, this was, this, was, this was a little bit even less cool, all right? Toyota Town, it had just a little front that was kind of curved in a little bit. It had tiny tires, big van. It was like 1989, and I'm not that old, all right? So that was old at the time. And so I go to get in the car, and this is old, old van, and, and of course, I'm like 20 years old, and I'm thinking, hey, I'd take this car. This is pretty cool. And I get in, and I step in the, in the floorboard, and I'm stepping on sunflower seeds, all right? And Philip gets in the car, and I was like, hey, man, I got, <clears throat> you got, the floorboard, there's sunflower seeds. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's where I spit my sunflower seeds. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I look around, and the car is just trashed. And he's like, oh, man, it's nothing. And, and, and he has this little bag of popcorn because, you know, we, we're in college, and you take popcorn to the movie theater. So we, we had a little bag. We each had a bag of popcorn, and he was like, oh, man, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's cool. Takes a handful and throws it in the floor. If the car to leave, it's that talk about a clunker car. You don't care if you had clunker car growing up. Maybe you just it, it wasn't that big a deal. But the day you get the new car, all right, you sh you know you shrink wrap your kids and you stick them in there and slide them in and they're not you can't breathe in the new car. All right. Soon as you invest in all of us invest in something. All of us invest in something, and your heart follows the investment. Our heart follows the investment. I remember um, when I was in youth ministry, we, we made sure that we would uh, raise enough funds when we would go to youth camp and we'd do some of these retreats. We wanted everybody to be able to be a part. Um, and so we didn't want anybody not to be able to go because of money. And so we made sure of that. But one of the things that we did was we made sure of that even if uh, money was a deal, uh, that, that, that people still were able to contribute something. So a student, they, they, they go mow a lawn, and maybe the trip was, the camp was, you know, 200 bucks, and they could, they, could get, they could get $50, all right? Or they could get $20. They can go, they can go, they can go mow a lawn, or they can go do some chores somewhere. They, they figure, and the reason is this, is because people that, con, that, people that don't uh, contribute at all, what I noticed with, with, our, with our teenagers was if it was just handed and it was nothing and there was no investment, then they'd go on the trip and it just wasn't, it was crazy. It was almost like it wasn't as good of a trip. There was no investment there. But when they come in there, even with their $20 and say, hey, man, here it is, and, and, and pay for their trip, all of a sudden there's in, investment there. All of us invest in something and your heart follows that investment your heart follows it all throughout scripture Jesus uses a phrase again and again he uses this illustration over and over and in different stories and it says in essentially not to invest in things that don't last but to in but to pour out our life into things that will impact eternity so Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 Jesus says this do not, everybody say, do not. Do not store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. And where thieves break in and steal. Here's Jesus talking about thieves again, all right? Don't store up treasures here on earth. I have a phrase I want to use this morning. I do have a confession. I don't like, uh, like, like rhyming sayings in sermons. I don't like using them. Uh, I don't like using, like, rhyming phrases. You know, if you ever talk to somebody, you say, hey, how are you doing? And they're like, I'm just too blessed to be stressed. 
I'm too anointed to be disappointed. You guys ever heard that kind of too grateful to be hateful? All right, we can do this all day. I'm just saying. I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't, I don't love, I don't love that kind of stuff. I do have a phrase this morning, and I, and I, and I got it from somebody else, and it, and it, it clicked in me so well that I'm going to use it. That's the problem with, with like cliche phrases like that. Sometimes they're, is they're true. So I got one for you. You're just going to have to deal with it because it's a good one. All right, here it is. You were made to pour, not store. You were made to pour, not store. This is the truth for you and for me, the way that we are able to access abundant life that God has for us, stored up for us, is not when we hoard and bring in and store up things. The only way we can have access to that is when we pour out, when we give. Whoever pours out their life finds it. Whoever stores up their life finds it. We'll lose it. There's a deep joy when we take what God has given us and we turn it around and we give to others. There's a, there's a, there's a deep joy there. We don't, we don't have really emotional uh, purchase stories. We don't have emotional purchase stories. We have emotional giving stories. We don't have emotional purchase stories. When we go back and we're like, I remember. I remember when I took out that loan, you know. It was awesome. And I bought that piece of jewelry. I don't know. There you go. It's just it, tears roll down your eyes. You know, twenty five percent credit on my credit card. It was I, it just ministers to my heart. You don't you don't re, you don't remember, you don't have emotional purchase stories, but you do probably have emotional um, giving stories where at, at at some point along the way maybe you um, maybe it was small maybe you're standing in line with somebody and you bought coffee for somebody at the at the coffee shop. All right, you just went ahead and bought their drink. You know, and you thought maybe it was. You know, just going to be the little $2 coffee. It wasn't. They went all in. It was a venti, you know, double, double, triple. It was like eight bucks. And you're like, you know what? That's fine. You know, maybe it was, um, maybe it was groceries at a checkout line. Maybe you're sitting in there and you notice and you go, you know what? This is, and you remember the joy when you left. You're like, man, I, maybe it was, maybe it was big. Maybe it was, a, maybe it was a car to somebody in need. And you give this thing and, and you leave and you go, why do I feel like, though I now have less, my body, my, my, I feel like I ha, I'm more full. I'm fuller. Why do I feel like I have more? I just, I, do, I have less stuff, but now I feel more. That is the beginning, the seeds of abundant life. Do you know why? Because you and I were created to pour out, not store up. And the way that you and I um, uh, activate the abundant life that God has for us is when we are pouring out, not when we're bringing and storing up. And it's, and it's, a, it's a mindset that goes across uh, all kinds of different things. It, it, it's, in, uh, it's in giving. When we give, it is in encouragement with our words. Some of us have the hardest time, all right? Y'all look at me. You know, don't look at the person beside you, all right? You have the hardest time saying something nice, all right? Right here, all right? Here's the deal. You and I were made, and I don't know where, that can come from a lot of different things, a lot of different places. We don't have time to dive into all that. But I will tell you this, you and I were made, and inside of you, God has already created you in his image, all right? In his image, saved you, cleaned you up, redeemed you. You're a son or a daughter of God now. You have everything that you could ever need in him. 
And so there's no reason to hang on and to grip tight of everything else around us thinking, I just, I got, I got to hang on to it, I got to hang on to it, I got to hang on to it. Even in our, in our words, using encouragement, say, you know what, I don't, I don't, I don't need this, I'm going to share this. And so you, so you open up, you are, uh, abundant life flows from that. Even in uh, our worship or in our service, you remember, maybe you remember the time you came to church and it was, it was the, maybe one of the worst weeks you ever had. And somehow... You decided to take your attention and your worship and take it off of yourself. And you go, you know what? I had the worst week. But you know what? Life isn't all about me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship God anyway. And something happened in you and this fullness, when the, when the perspective shifts on God, the fullness, he fills you up now with overflowing. And somehow you left and maybe the circumstance hadn't changed, but you changed. You changed. What changed? You are now welling up with abundant life. Why? Because you and I were created to pour out, not store up. We're created for that. You were created to pour out. The reason oftentimes there's tension when we talk about uh, giving out is that we all would like to give more. We just always don't feel like we can give more right now. Whether that is giving or whether it is uh, encouragement with our words, we just don't feel like it. I can't, I can't say anything nice right now. <laughs> you know, I can't focus on God right now. I can't focus on Jesus right now. I, I understand that. I really do. I understand that idea because I, I grew up with a, uh, would be called a scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset. Scarcity is, is it's, um, the core of it is, is fear. The idea that there's, that there's never going to be enough. Uh, there's, only, there's only one pie. There's only a few pieces. You got to guard it. You got to hang on to it. There's not a lot of pieces left, so you got to protect what we have. That's the scarcity mindset. And we'd like to give more, but we can't because we live with a win then attitude. And the win then attitude is this it's when I get more, then I'll give more. The problem is, is who gets to say when the win is? When, when, when is that? When I have it, then. Then I'll do that. We're afraid we need more, so we store up and we keep to ourselves. So Jesus tells a story about. A guy, Luke chapter 12, and um, it's about a farmer, and um, the farmer has done really, really well. He's done really well, and uh, if you think about it, farming, I mean, the, the, the resources you have to work with are your hard work and, you know, nature, what God made. And so really where he, where he was able to live in abundance, where everything came from, was really from God anyway. And so this is what he says, I got a lot, I was successful, I did well, and this is his mindset. I will tear down my barns now and build bigger ones, and there I will store my surplus grain. But God said to him, this is pretty intense, check this out. God says, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. And this is how it will be with whoever, check this out, stores up things for themselves, but is not, create, it is not rich toward God. Whenever we start with a scarcity mindset, we are driven by fear, and the idea is stored up. Now, God's mindset is different. It is a mindset of abundance. Remember the first passage of Scripture we first looked at when we first walked in here. Why did Jesus come? That you and I might have what kind of life? Abundant life. Abundant life. There's an abundance mindset. And the idea is this, that God owns everything. He's the provider. He's a good God. 
with good intentions, with a good plan and a good purpose, who loves to bless his children, there is enough, there is actually more than enough. Do you see the two difference between scarcity and abundance? This is not scarcity, but it's a faithful mindset that God's heart for you is to have an abundance because you are blessed to be a blessing. The first week we did the Heart of God series, we talked about the story about the woman who, uh, it was, she was the uh, prostitute who found out that Jesus was meeting with some of the uh, Pharisees. He was doing some teaching. And so she travels across town, busts in on the little, on the, on the little uh, Bible study thing that these, these super awesome, um, really smart and intelligent and high-class Pharisees are in, and they're listening to Jesus. And she busts in, and she takes her little bottle of perfume. Remember we talked about it? She takes her little bottle of perfume, and this little bottle of perfume actually wasn't uh, uh, inexpensive. It was worth a year's wages. And she goes up to Jesus, and she takes this. She takes the cap off, and she pours it on his feet and anoints him with oil. Because she recognized who, because of who Jesus was, the woman didn't store up what she had. She poured out the best she had. And probably her thought was, if he's good enough to forgive me, he's powerful enough to provide for me. She walked in with an abundance mindset. Now, we didn't talk much about this a couple of weeks ago. There was a, one of the disciples were in there. Uh, his name was Judas. And so what does Judas do? Uh, Judas gets mad. He's got a scarcity mindset. Um, you think about why did Judas betray Jesus? Jesus had 12 disciples. He had one that left him. Why, why, he, he, he betrayed him for money. He left him for money. He wanted more. But when this woman poured out her worship, Judas, Judas said, stop it. Stop. Don't do that. What a waste. This money could be used for the poor. In other, way, in, in other words, we, we don't have enough to worship Jesus like that. We don't have enough to be generous. And her story, her story, who took everything that she had, this lady who took everything she had and poured it out, Scripture says, will be told for generations and generations and generations. So there are a lot, a lot of rich people. I don't mean just rich in money. I mean, over the history, there have been rich in power, rich in money, rich in popularity. There have been a lot, a lot of people that came. This woman didn't have any of it. And somehow, 2,000 years later, I'm standing in a, in, a, in a cafetorium in the middle of Huntsville, in the heart of the city, talking to a brand new church plant, talking about this lady's story. I have no business telling her story. And yet Jesus said, you know what? Her story of the mindset of abundance, she knows exactly who God is. She knows exactly where her support and her provision comes from. And somehow I'm standing up here telling this story generation after generation, uh, generation after generation. There's another passage of Scripture, Luke chapter 9. This is a fun story. Um, if you guys remember, have you guys heard the story about Jesus who fed the 5,000? Jesus fed the 5,000. There's a, there's a couple stories in Scripture about Jesus feeding a lot of people. Uh, a lot of scholars would say that this is quite possibly the largest crowd Jesus had ever taught in front of. So Scripture says it's, if you have a Bible and you look at the top, it says uh, Jesus feeds the 5,000. The truth is it's 5,000 men. 
okay? And so they weren't counting all the others. There, there, there could have been four or 5,000 women. There could have been eight or 10,000 kids running around. Jesus is standing up here. Think about it. He's talking to 15,000, 20,000 people. This is, this is a massive crowd that Jesus is talking to. Not only that, but he also preaches the longest sermon he's ever preached in the Bible. It goes for like chapter after chapter after chapter. They're there a long time. So largest crowd, longest sermon. All right, you guys tracking with me? Here we go. The disciples are there, and they're following along Jesus, and they've heard a little bit of this before, okay? They've heard a little bit of this, and they've, maybe they heard part of this sermon before, and they've, they, they're waiting, and, and, and they're thinking, okay, Jesus is going to send them away after a while, and we're going to get to have a break. And maybe we're going to get to, maybe we'll get to eat something. I don't know. We, we, something, something's got to change. And so here it is, Luke chapter 9, late in the afternoon. All right, uh, there's another translation that says, as the day wore on. Okay. You, 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 you can get the idea. Whoever's writing this one. All right. Luke. You know, Luke isn't even a disciple. He has no business saying this. So Luke is right. He heard it from one of his buddies who told him the story. said, as the day wore on. All right. The twelve came to him, Jesus, and said this, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we're in a remote place here. Have you, you ever been, uh, you ever had a friend that always comes up, uh, they, they come up with ideas and they tell either the, the maybe you're in school as the teacher or they tell the boss or they, or they blame whatever the thing is that they want and they blame it on you? So I was on staff with a guy. Uh, um, and and he, he, was a, he was a great guy, but he always did this, all right? And so we would be sitting in staff meeting. There's like nine of us in a room, and so he, we'd be in there listening, and, and our first pastor that I served under, he would do staff meeting, and he would just like teach us for hours, all right? We'd just sit there, and the day would wear on, okay? And so we'd sit there, and so uh, my friend, my staff member friend, he would raise his hand part of the way through, and he'd go, uh, Pastor, uh, I think Joel has to go to the restroom. And, and I'd be like, what are you, I mean, I did, but I wasn't the one that was, and so, it, or, or whatever, he, hey, uh, Pastor, can we take a break out, we, we need to get a snack or something, he would always blame it on somebody else, all right, you ever had that, you ever, you ever have a friend like that, they just, okay, this is what the disciples are doing, they go up to Jesus and they go, hey, Jesus, <laughs> not me, uh, obviously, I'm not hungry, uh, I love your message, um, and we've been here for eight hours, but um, the people, Lord, the people, look at them. They're tired. They're hungry. All right? Please, get, send them away so they can go eat. And really, what are they saying? I'm starving to death, and I want to sit down, and I want to take a break, and I want to rest. We need to find somewhere to, we need to, find somewhere to stay. So this is what, this is, this is the scarcity mindset. We don't, we don't have it. So here, are you ready for it? Jesus replies, verse 13, <laughs> okay, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. 20,000 people. Why don't you go ahead and feed them? And they're going, but Lord, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. We got a little combo meal going on. We don't, there's 20,000 people. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. This, this, is, this, is a, this is a crazy story. But if you think about it, it is absolutely 100% the kingdom of God manifested for you and me to see the heart of God for you and I. Here, here the disciples are, 20,000 people. You got a combo meal, and Jesus says, you feed them. Why did he say that? To make fun of them? 
you. <laughs> just, just go to try to make fun of them. They're like, disciples, y'all go to do something. And okay, now watch this. I'll feed them. I wonder if they had turned around. I wonder if they had turned around with this combo meal in their hand and were like, okay, let's just see what happens. Jesus said, do it. Let's just take them at his word. But they didn't, okay? They're like, this is all we have. God, this is all I got. This would be barely enough to feed us. And I don't want to share. I want it for me, you know? I want the fish, you know? Give, give Thomas the bread, you know? I don't know. I, I don't want it. I, I, get, let's keep it to us. And what does he say? You, you feed them. You feed them. So this is what Jesus does, verse 16. So taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. And then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. Check this out. Check this out. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Could you see one of the disciples, they take the, little, they take the combo meal over to the guy on front. And he looks at them. You ever get the, you, you ever get the parent eyes? Turn at you, and they just stare. He goes, take the smallest piece you can. Pass it down. You know, pinch, you know. Somehow, they start to pass this food around, and it just multiplies in abundance, overflowing. I don't know if it looked like the popcorn machine overflowing with bread and fish. I don't know how it worked. I do know this. Fifteen to 20,000 people were fed off of, a, off of five loaves and two fish, and then there were enough left over, uh, left over for the disciples for Jesus to go give them a basket. I don't know how big a basket full is. I'm thinking like a massive, like a basket. I'm thinking like a laundry basket, like, <laughs> you know? That's 12 basketfuls left over, one for each of them just to say, hey, this will never run out. This will never, you, your life, your life, I have life for you in abundance, overflowing. Don't worry. Don't worry about what you have. I have more than enough. The food, Jesus blessed it. The disciples gave it. God multiplied it. Here's the principle. What you keep is all you have, but what you give, God multiplies. What you keep is all you have. What you give God multiplies. When did God multiply what they had? When did God multiply? God multiplied not when it was stored, not when it was held in their hand, not when they're looking at it. Can you imagine? They got this handful of bread, and then you look out at this crowd, the largest crowd you've ever seen in your life, and you go, I work for a lunatic. That, that's, what, that's what's happening. And you look and you look out and you go, that is the abundant supply God has for you and for me. Now, whether you see it around you, you are a chosen and favored son and daughter of God. And he's, he, he, his arm isn't too short. His vision isn't too blurred. His purpose for you isn't small. It is incredibly large, but to access that abundant mindset, your, your, your mindset, my mindset has to change. I'm, I'm passionate about this for a couple reasons. Um, this hasn't always been my mindset. I'm still working through it, mindset of abundance. Um, I remember when I was at, a, um, I was at a, a camp event one time, and me and my friend found a tub full of 
of, of sodas, of like Cokes and Mountain Dews. We found a huge tub of them, all right? I'm a kid, I'm like 11 years old, all right? And I find them and we take them and we put them all in our, it was, it was great. It was like out in the middle of nowhere. We're like, these are nobodies, this is great. So what do we do? We find them, we put them in our, in our backpacks and we keep them. We don't tell, I don't tell anybody. I don't want to share anything. What do I want to do? I want to keep because I don't know where, I, when I'll get another soda. So I got to just keep it all in my backpack. Like this is this is this is this is my mind. I used to I used to I used to hoard uh, money growing up. I would um, I never spent my birthday money. And I, I didn't. It wasn't because I'm the greatest like you know wise spender. Oh, that's not okay. I did I didn't do it. I would keep it because I would think I don't know when I'll get any more and what if I need it for later. What if I, I would never spend a dime. I, I, I don't remember spending my birthday money for years. I didn't, just because maybe I would need it. Isn't that crazy? I remember I would save uh, out of high school. I was saving for um, uh, college and a couple other things. And um, I would never spend a penny. I wouldn't spend a penny. In fact, on, uh, after youth service, the church I was going to, we'd go to Taco Bell. And so um, I didn't want to spend any money because I didn't know when I'd get some more. So I would, on the way to Taco Bell, I'd like, yeah, guys, I'll see you all there. I'd go to Taco Bell. Uh, I would go on the way and I'd swing by my house and I'd eat a sandwich real quick. And then I'd go to Taco Bell and I'd be like, ah, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to get a water. All right. And, and so it, 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 a lot of that comes from a lot of different places. You, you, you may find yourself in a similar place and maybe it's, maybe it's birthday money. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's not, maybe it's, maybe it's a little more than that. Maybe you wonder and you go, I don't, I don't know if I'll have enough down the road. And so you find yourself going, well, if I hang on to this and if I just get a little bit more, then I'll be able to be generous. Value of our church is that generosity is our privilege. We get to be generous because God's gifts to us, his abundant supply is unending. In Christ, there is no lack. There is always plenty. God created you to pour and not store. And so when that mindset, that attitude began to change in me, it took chipping away. Sometimes God will come in and he'll, 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 he'll just He'll give you this thought or, or give you this experience. God will introduce you to something and it'll be this momentary, just awesome. I mean, God just, God just rocked me, you know. And sometimes, oftentimes, God works on us and just chips away and chips away and chips away. And he's always chipping away at stuff, making us look more like him. And so over time, I started to realize that God, God, if, if, if God calls me his son and he's a good father, then, then there's no, I don't, I don't have to be concerned about one day, what if the thing happens? What if well, there's not enough? Not just that, not just, not just gripping and holding tight, but instead flipping it around and going, I'm going to walk around understanding that literally everything I have comes from him. Everything I have comes from him. And if he wants it, it's his. And if I see somebody else around that needs it, it's theirs. Because here's the truth, you and I will walk in abundance.
abundant life, overflowing life, popcorn machine life, busting out of that. You'll, you'll walk in that only when you are pouring out, not when you are storing up. God's heart for you and for me is to take our hands tight, gripped onto our life. It's my life. It's my life. Open it up and go, nope, it's his life in me. And when you experience that, you'll never want to go back. You won't want to change back. When you're able to experience abundant life coming from welling up from the inside. Remember the woman at the well I talked about last week or the week before? Uh, show me this living water. Show me this living water. Jesus says, if you knew who was sitting at this well, you, you, you would ask me for water and I'd give you living water. What is living water? Abundant life. Then you won't have to come back searching at this well anymore. You, don't need, you won't need that. The source of joy and peace, purpose is found in Christ. And in him, there is an abundant supply of that regardless of your circumstances. You and I will walk through life. Abundant life doesn't mean you skip out on hard stuff. Abundant life means you get God's perspective and God's emotions, the emotion of God. I think, God, I think at the core of God, I think is joy. That's who God is. His, his joy expressed, his love expressed in joy. Let me pray for you this morning. If you would, if you close your eyes. Maybe you're in here and you go, Joel, you talk about life on top of life. I don't, I've never experienced that in my, in, in my entire life. I don't have, there, there's, no, there's no abundant life going on in me. In fact, I feel my life is, it's, it's, uh, it's not overflowing. Instead, it's tight, it's gripped, it's suffocating. It's, I feel like it's closing in on me. I feel, there, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not experiencing abundant life. And in fact, when you talk about walking with Jesus, I'm not walking with Jesus. And if there's a trade-off, my life for his, I need to make that decision and I actually need to follow him. There's stuff in my life that I need to repent of, that I need forgiveness of, that I need to trade off to Jesus. Give him my sin, give him those decisions, give him that life and in response, and in response receive his life. If that's you in here and you go, Joel, I want abundant life, I'm not experiencing it right now. That's you, nobody's looking around. Would you just raise your hand? I'll see it and God will see it and that's it. Yeah. Maybe you're in here and you go, Joel, I absolutely walk with Jesus. He, I, I feel like he's my best friend. <laughs> but, but when you talk about storing up, that is, a, that is a, a grip that is on my life. And I feel like it's difficult for me to release. It's difficult for me to walk in peace because I'm always worried about tomorrow. I'm always worried about not having enough. I'm always worried that what if I have to, what if this, what if that? And you said, Joel, I, would, would, you, would you pray for me? If that's you in here, would you just raise your hand real high and put it down? Nobody else. Man, absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot of us. Abundant life is God's promise for those who respond to his free gift. There are practices that follow. We respond by opening up our hand. We respond by making decisions, by taking steps. That's what we do. 
Father, we love you this morning. Thank you for sending your first and only son. Your first and only son was your investment. And in return, you get many sons and daughters. You didn't wait to see what tomorrow would bring. You gave your first. And so here in this church, here with these people, God, we respond this morning. Open up, teach us to open up our hands and give to you first. Not worrying what tomorrow will bring. Will there be enough? How will this person respond to when I talk to them and when I maybe when I just encourage them, maybe if I pray for them, maybe if I uh, uh, step out in some kind gesture, maybe if I begin a a journey, the journey of giving here at uh, Four Corners. When I step out, God, would would you give me the courage to do just that so that I can open my hand and respond to your free gift that I can walk in abundant life. Your heart for us is abundant life. That's why you came. We thank you for it, Jesus. Change us. Change this church as we begin. Brand new. Baby church, God, here we are. We want to start off with a strong foundation right in you. Walking in abundance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Good morning. I love seeing your faces. So excited you're here. If you're our guest this morning, I'd like to say welcome. We're so happy you chose to spend your morning with Four Corners Church. We've got uh, connection cards that were in every bulletin. If you're our guest, I'd love for you to fill it out. Just let us know you are here. I'd love the opportunity to write you a card, uh, give you just a special something in the mail to let you know um, we were thinking about you and we're glad you chose to be with us. If you're a regular tender, feel free to fill that out as well if you have address changes or anything. Also, there's a couple of spots down here.